The title of the sermon, quite simply, is this. It's a new year, thank God. 2021 couldn't come too soon, right? I know that on one level, simply flipping the calendar from one page, from December 31st to January 1st, doesn't dramatically change what is happening in the world. Many of the same burdens that we carried through 2020 are still around. But on a deep psychological level, there's something meaningful about turning the page in our lives, putting the past behind us, and looking forward to what we hope and pray are brighter days ahead. And after all, that's why this is the time of year when we make resolutions, right? We resolve ourselves to do more than just flip a page on the calendar. We, we want to flip the page on our way of life. A few years ago, an online polling company called YouGov determined that a large majority of people, 68%, make resolutions at the start of the year. They range from the, the popular and the obvious, you know, eat better and exercise more and cut down on vices and spend less money, to the deeply personal, like strengthen relationships or focus less on appearance or practice self-care. There's something psychologically helpful about making a resolution. By the way, that's not just true psychologically, it's also true spiritually, even biblically. In today's scripture reading, the prophet Isaiah was proclaiming to the Israelites in exile that a new day had come, and God was guaranteeing for them a bright future. So God said two things to them. Number one, don't look back and dwell on the past. Number two, look forward to the new thing that God is doing. I think those really are the perfect words for you and me as we begin this bright new year. Look forward, not backward. I think that's why John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said what he did at the start of every new year, because even he made resolutions, and he instructed other followers of Jesus to do the same. In fact, this is what he wrote as part of his instructions for a covenant renewal service at the beginning of each year. Quote, resolve to be faithful. Having engaged your hearts, opened your mouths, and subscribed with your hands to the Lord, resolve in his strength never to go back. Even Wesley recognized that each day is filled with temptations to, to fall backwards and to go back in one's spiritual life and spiritual maturity and return to sinful ways. So Wesley required that Christians, quote, resolve in God's strength, never to go back. In other words, there is no reverse gear for a committed Christian. There is only forward. So it's necessary that followers of Jesus resolve to never go back. In fact, look at the word resolve and resolution. The word resolve comes from the Latin root solvere, which means to loosen. Adding the prefix re, that creates resolvere, which means to melt or dissolve or disintegrate. In other words, to resolve to do something in this context means to loosen and ultimately dismantle all of the forces that pull us backward and tempt us to go back. So ask yourself, 
What is it in your life that you need God to loosen so that it doesn't pull you backwards into the kind of life that you are living? For some of us, it may be some unhealthy behaviors, addictions, temptations that are sapping our energy and and distracting us from doing things that that are life-giving and loving. For some of us, it could be emotional hang-ups, wounds from the past that continue to play like old tapes in our heart that trigger grief and sadness and, and fear and anxiety. Or it could be that what is really pulling you backwards is one of the biggest threats to the spiritual life. It's the pull of complacency. It's that which would tempt you to stop growing in your faith and Take it easier in your commitment to Christ. For Wesley, that was one of the most insidious forces of them all, which we all need God to loosen ourselves from. And that is especially true in our relationship with the Bible. For those of you who joined along in our year-long journey through the Bible last year called the Bible Project 2020, just think about all that God showed you last year and all that God enabled you to learn and accomplish, and the fact, the fact that we did it together. A few weeks ago, Pastor Sally shared a remarkable story with me that, that I think so perfectly captures what the power of doing the Bible Project has been for us. It's a story from the 1930s about an evangelist named Michael Billister. He was visiting a small village in Poland shortly before World War II in order to share the good news of Jesus with the villagers. In that town, Billister met a man who had never read the Bible before. So Billister gave him one, and he taught him what to do with it, how to, how to understand it, how to apply it, how to, how to memorize passages of it, commit them to memory, and how to read the Bible with others. And over the course of reading that Bible, the man in the village was transformed by the love of God. He became a a follower of Jesus. Billister then went on his way to the next town. But that man in that village was so fired up that he, he began to share that one Bible with someone else in his village and then with another person, and another. And before long, that single Bible had been passed to 200 different people in that village, each one of them experiencing the transformative power of God's love. But the story gets even better. Years later, Michael Billister returned to that village to connect with this group of new Christians, and he hosted a worship service, and he invited all of them to attend. And and during that service, he asked if anyone wanted to stand up and and recite any Bible verse that they had read that, that they decided to memorize. One man got up in the service and he said, perhaps we have misunderstood your request. Do you mean, do you mean recite individual verses or chapters? As it turns out, much to Michael Billister's surprise, these new Christians in this little Polish village had not just memorized a few selected verses of the Bible, but whole chapters and whole books. One group had 13 people who decided to memorize all of Matthew, all of Luke, and half of Genesis. Another person memorized the entire Psalms. Together, this community 
through the power of a single Bible, had their lives transformed through a corporate reading of the scriptures, and it not only brought them closer to the Bible, it brought them closer to God and closer to each other. Friends, reading through the Bible together in 2020 has been a gift to us in ways that we could not imagine. Two years ago, when staff and lay teams were busy laying the groundwork and creating the resources for the Bible Project 2020, there is no way we could have known then how important this journey would be for us. During the time of a pandemic, when social distancing has kept us from being close to each other physically, reading the Bible together drew us together spiritually as a source of strength to get us through tough times. Along the way, so many of you, so many of you shared with me and the staff just how much of a lifeline your Bible Project small group has become for you. More than 30 small groups made this journey together, and it kept you connected in a time when you would have otherwise felt utterly isolated. And I know that for many people, I mean, it wasn't a perfect journey. There may have been times when, when you stepped away and maybe picked up the reading later. But, but even still, for all of us, just think about everything that you've gained from last year. It has been our hope that you have emerged from this Bible Project journey with an ability to read the Bible with fresh eyes and new understanding so that you can read it with less fear and less frustration and more of a desire to have it shape your life. And even though the Bible Project 2020 is over, I hope and pray that your reading of the Bible is not, especially if you've developed new muscle memory, new habits for daily reading, new connections in your small group. My message to you is this, keep going. There is never wasted time, never wasted time in reading the words of the Bible. And the last thing you want to do, according to John Wesley, is to take a step backwards, to go back to the way things were before 2020 in your relationship with the Bible. We have new small groups that are starting up. And we would, we would even love nothing more than for your existing Bible Project group to keep meeting and if you'd like some ideas on, on what you might study next, then just contact our director of discipleship, John Barolo, and he'll be happy to resource you. In fact, I am eager to share with you what our next great worship series is, and there's even a companion book and a small group resource that you can use to guide you and your small group the next five weeks. It is a deep dive into the Sermon on the Mount with a series simply titled, the greatest sermon ever. We'll take a look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapters five through seven and discover how powerful these words are for us today. We'll be following a book written by Dr. Amy Jill Levine, one of the brightest New Testament scholars in the country. Friends, 2020 was a year like no other in our lifetimes, but that is in the past. Not all of its pains and heartaches have gone away, but God's message to us is clear. Don't dwell in the past. Don't go back to living the way you did before. Look forward. And more importantly, watch what God is doing in you and through you. Because indeed, 
God is doing a new thing. To conclude this sermon with prayer, I invite you to join me in the prayer that Methodists have offered at the start of the new year for generations. It is the most famous prayer that John Wesley ever wrote, and it reminds us that we are not our own and that we belong to God. So let us pray together the Wesley Covenant Prayer. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.